partner, she's ideal, is looking to rain on the party, but very elegant. She's brave, she lists, and she wins her second chipping daughter. Hello everyone, it's good morning from beautiful Mudgee as we get ready for the next round of country championships qualifiers. More on that later in the show. Yesterday the big question was how did we race? And what a remarkable track uh, Ramwick is. We got through that entire program, it was in huge doubt going into the day and right throughout the day at any moment they could have called it off. Jockeys got round safely and there was some great racing on the track. Uh, we saw Very Elegant win her 11th group one of her career and she is already one of the all-time greats. And what about the comeback of Brent Navdulla? It was sealed yesterday with a Group 1 victory in the surround on Hinge. And I'm pleased to say he's in the studio with us this morning with Ron Duffersey and Corey Brown, who were with me at Ramwick yesterday. Yeah, and what a terrific day's racing, Greg. And you, I think there's so many highlights, and the highlight of the day has to be the track. Um, where no one expected to be even racing mm. yesterday. Uh, 10 inches of rain. We had about an inch on the day, and that's just a no-no at Randwick, it just, especially yeah. when they've already started racing, Corey. It was yeah. just an unbelievable story. Held up well. Like Obviously, the first three or four races, when the, when the deluge come down, I thought there's no chance of this continuing on. Um, the visibility was really tough for the jockeys, but once the rain settled, I thought the track raced unbelievably well, to be honest. Brent, you were riding on it, so yeah. what do you say about the track? Yeah, it was crazy, crazy day, because um, obviously we had the Canterbury the Friday night, and there was talks whether we'd go ahead there and then I rode work Saturday morning and basically from 4.30 to 6am it just hammered down with rain and I thought well no chance of, of going ahead. Um, literally went home, had a sleep for an hour, set the alarm and I thought I'd be waking up for the races to be off. So um, yeah, I think when the boys pushing through we were probably a bit lucky with those, you know, the short course races early um, and then the rain stopped and when the rain stopped the track held, held together um, amazingly well for the conditions we had. and. Um, Fair play to obviously um, you know the track staff and the ATC and racing stuff else for keeping the show alive. Well, it wasn't the highlights weren't all about the track. It was your uh, comeback, you know, so quickly. You know, you, how long had you been out? Up to six months with that fall? Yeah, so I fell on the what well, Wink Stakes Day. I think it was 21st of August. So um, yeah, fell then and uh, I was in a neck brace for a couple of months. Uh, laid pretty low and I uh, yeah I probably started training, you know, doing getting my fitness right for you know since um, Magic Millions and. Um, Hawksy actually, you know, Team Hawks have obviously supported me for a long time, over a number of years, and Michael said to me, well, when you're keen to get back on the horse, just, just let us know and um, you can ride a couple quiet ones. And I think that was about, yeah, four weeks ago, four and a half weeks ago, I hopped it back on the horse. And, um, yeah, <laughs> if you told me I'd be turning up on uh, riding a Group 1 winner uh, within a month, uh, crazy. What were your actual injuries, mate? So I, um, well, look, uh, on the day, I, the day I fell, I had uh, I was unconscious for I think they said three minutes. Um, by all reports, everyone who was there who, who attended me, they they thought the worst when I was first there, when they were first there, and um, 
end up, yeah, I, I don't remember anything till I was in hospital and had the banging of the, you know, the CT scan and there, so it came out, I had fractured my C6 and C7 pedicle on my right side and I had a bleed on the brain. Mm. So um, got away with it all right, I know, you know all the, everyone in emergency and the neuro, neurosurgeon and that, they thought, looking at they had obviously seen the fall and they thought, uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky just to get away with that. And um, mm. timeline-wise, I didn't know what the recovery was going to be or, or how long, but they just basically said, you know, you'll know as you sort of progress and, um, yeah, uh, it's been yeah pretty crazy six months. Well, you'd know, Corey. You know, you, you your career was cut short yep. through a, a fall, and here you are interviewing Brenton after that. Yeah. Yesterday it was an amazing situation. It was, you know, um, I know exactly what you sort of gone through. Um, it's it's amazing, like you said, the comeback. But like, you never think that you can step back into the winner's circle so quickly. But not only the winner's circle, but a group one. For sure, and even like there was no. I had no plan on, on a timeline, which was the other thing, like, um, I sort of got, I always just thought, like, I had, you know, I was in regular contact with a lot of people and had plenty of support, but everyone would ask me, oh, so when's the comeback, or when are you planning, and I just kept telling them and kept telling the manager, I said, I, I don't know, until, until my body tells me it wants to come back, um, I didn't want to come back half-hearted and waste anybody's time, you know, it was going to be doing myself no, you know, um, no good and, and everyone else's and obviously that an important time of year that I wanted to make sure my head was right my body was right and mm. uh, It probably wasn't until I reckon maybe even two weeks ago I was sort of planning on or three weeks ago, I was planning on going to Goulburn for a horse that I was been working at Gerald's and I thought well, this horse will win I might go for him and he got 55. And I'm like well that threw me out. So mm. I didn't I didn't ride him and then uh, I said to my manager said oh you've got a couple chances to, to you know to go ride there at um, on the, the Rose Hill meeting there last Saturday and I knew they were big odds, but I just said, well, yeah, I'm keen to do it. One for Paul Massara and uh, uh, the other horse, um, I can't think of what the other horse was at the moment, but I just thought it was a good way to just Start low off. profile. Um, there was no pressure and, and to get back into it and um, very fortunate. Well, my, my, my bit of luck was, you know, we had those couple little suspensions and I was able to get on a couple of nice horses during the week that, you know, and um, it kicked off from there, but there was no real timeline of when I was going to come back and ride. and. Everything's fine. I think I picked up Hinged on Wednesday at 11.59. So, wow. um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's actually unusual for a jockey to think that well, to <laughs> take time. Like, normally we rush back and, you know, try and get back into the saddle as soon as possible. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually good. Like, I, uh, Shane Dye, I think, when he had his head injury in um, Hong Kong, I think he may have rushed it and got back there too soon. But it was just good that you give it time, let it mend and get back at the right time. Greg? Well, Brenton, take us through this uh, Group 1 victory. Uh, you've won 10 Group 1s now. Uh, Hinged will be very special to you for a long time to come uh, because of that moment yesterday. Uh, let's have a look at the surround stakes and take us through your ride from this point in the race. Yeah, well, basically the plan was from the low draw. Um, you know, if she began that we, you know, we could just travel in behind the speed, whether it was second pair or third pair. And... Uh, basically going through her Queensland form, she was sitting outside leader or leading in 1350s. So I knew with that Queensland speed, if she began there yesterday, that she'd obviously hold a spot. And um, I just gave myself a few strides. I sort of lingered back behind sort of Tom Sherry's mount just for a few strides while I was waiting to see if anything anything went forward. And um, I, mean, I obviously knew there was a couple there that could press forward from out wide. But when I just seen Gaze 2 go across, well, I knew they were, they were going to get there and pull up. You know, they weren't going to take each other on. So I just let her slide a, a pair closer. And 
She ended up having a beautiful running transit. Um, when the speed went on from before the bench, she was able to get out. And then it was just a fine line of trying to get the timing right. Um, I wanted to be sort of three to six off the track. Um, and I just had to time it right that, you know, I wasn't sitting up too too much that, you know, I was going to give Fangirl and Espiona a run at me, but at the same time, they wanted to get there and get, get left to sit in shots. So, uh, yeah, we were able to time it all right. Mm. She was coming to beat you, Startantes. I, I thought she was coming to beat you. You're yeah, fully lifted. Well, I thought at the furlong, you know, I was, I was a winner. Um, and then I just felt, saw this little flash of pink and I just thought it was, you know, Fangirl. And it came at me really quick, but... Whether just on that ground, she peaked that the other filly, and um, and my obviously my filly probably lifted too. You know, she's a, you know, she feels like she'll eat up a mile and a quarter, and um, and obviously handled the conditions and had such an econ economical run that um, you know, she was always going to be strong. Yeah, it's hard to, to sort of gauge this field when we're working on heavy tens as far as the future's concerned, but. I, th I thought Espiona was still okay. She's still trying to work out what her best, best distance is going to be. Fangirl, I think, was terrific for, yeah. for further, Corey. She, got, got, she looks got, a miler. Yeah, I think the barrier beat her as well, Ronnie. Like, she got way too far back out of her ground. Yeah. Uh, Espiona, if you watch from the top of the straight, she's trying to, trying to get there, but the wheels were spinning. She was sort of running herself off balance. Um, but, yeah, they were two great runs of the race, but I think Fangirl... I just think because of the barrier, she had to go that two pairs back further, too far, two pairs too far back. Hope of your heart was uh, an eye catcher as far as the long, I mean, an, a little sneaky Oaks chance the way she hit the line. The Gary, uh, Kerry Parker's uh, filly there, I thought she looks a real stayer. Greg. All right, well, it was uh, it was a big day for Chris Waller. It uh, came uh, shortly after uh, the big win by Very Elegant, which we're going to show you uh, very soon. Uh, and also for the owner, or one of the part owners, uh, Bray Sokolsky, uh, he had three Group 1 winners on the day, one in Melbourne with Sierra Sue, and, of course, he's a, a part owner of Very Elegant as well. So we're going to hear from Bray after we hear from the winning trainer, Chris Waller. It was a scary day, the day he fell. And um, yeah, we were, it just seemed to shiver through my spine. It was the 200 metre mark here at Randwick, and uh, he's an amazing athlete. He's got himself back in good condition. He's done it properly. He hasn't um, rushed things back, and just a just a real good sportsman. So um, well deserved and good effort. The way he rode the horse saved a bit of energy. The horses out the back were really struggling, turning for home, and he shot through and was brave late. So. Terrific effort by a nice horse. Tell us how much this uh, girl has impressed you since you've had her, because in the lead-up this race, it was all about Fangirl and Espiona. She was uh, the forgotten oh, I thought her run first up was amazing. Um, Kathy O'Hara rode her on that day, and she said she's come back well. She wins some good races. And um, compared to last year, she's put on about 30 kilos. So of the fillies, she's been the big improver in terms of weight. And, and um, she ran second in Flight Lakes, so she's just backed that form up today. OK, and exciting for all of your fillies going forward. Uh, they didn't disappoint? No, far from it. Fangirl and Espiona were both brave. Like, they were, they were giving away a big start and they got away with some pretty soft sections from what I was looking at. So uh, we'll have a rematch, hopefully, in a couple of weeks' time. That's what it's all about, this new era of racing. And um, that'll, be what's, that'll be what bring the people to the, to the track. I can't tell you how privileged I feel, honestly. Like, this industry has given me way too much already. Um, and for today to come round, I was happy for them all to just run well, but to, to win three Group 1 races, all with, you know, amazing fillies and mares, and, like, obviously her following on from the absolute adorable champion, very elegant, and 
hopefully she can do a very elegant did uh, in her three-year-old year and go on to win a binary in an oats. What attracted you to Hinged? Um, I just saw something in her as a two-year-old. She was beating sort of the males with... Yeah. <laughs> with, um, with carrying weight. Obviously, it was a different grade, but I just saw something in her. I don't know. I was just so fortunate. There was something there, and I thought, you know what? This horse could be competitive in the feature races uh, in the autumn, and she's proven that. And the, the, the master, Chris Waller, like what he's done with this mare from the spring preparation to the autumn and how she's furnished... Um, you know, what a job he did. And Brenton's ride, like, what, what an incredible ride coming back from so long off the track that no one could have ridden that horse better than Brenton did today. It was absolutely superb. So it's just a great story, and I'm so proud and privileged to be part of it. You're going to have to go back to Toowoomba and find another one, aren't you, with incentivise and hinge? I've got a feeling no one in Toowoomba is going to sell me a horse ever again, <laughs> Greg. And you're just coming down off that high very elegant too. Oh, just incredible. Like, honestly, she just continues to astonish. Um, just, she's just such a privilege to be part of. I know I keep saying it, but it is. Like, I don't feel like I'm... Um, I, I have any right, honestly, to experience this, and I just don't take it for granted, and she's incredible. And you've won an Everest as well. I'll try again this year. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, it keeps stealing my resolve to come back and, and do more, and um, like I said, this industry's been so but damn good to me, and I want to give back. No, I really do. Uh, let's hear from Kerry Parker now, the uh, trainer of uh, Think It Over, who doesn't like wet tracks, but uh, he was... Uh, he was. Uh, oh, no, we're not going to go to that yet. We're going to go to Kerry in a moment. Let's go to Very Elegant. Let's go to the race first. Uh, let's go to Very Elegant. We're playing these in reverse this morning because Brenton Abdullah is our special guest. Uh, let's go to the race before. Here's what Very Elegant did to claim her 11th Group 1 victory of her career. Yeah, look, it was, uh, well, she just finds a way. She's a champion mare. She finds a way to win. It's as simple as that. It may have been a bunch finish and hard race to read. Uh, and it was a, a perfect ride by McDonald that got her home. But we know that she just keeps improving as the distances are increased. And to think that she's done this second up off a Melbourne Cup win, I think is astonishing. So uh, probably she's not the type of mare that can just blow a field away. Uh, at this distance, but like I said, she finds a way. She's ideal was terrific with those blinkers back on. There's some, you know, you can go down the page here. Yep. Angela Truth took hold of the race. You've got Top Rank, who I thought was going to burst through, and unfortunately he's pulled up three out of five lame, and and I, I thought, well, I don't think too, too many of us missed UA's run. No, it was super. Um, Joshy having to change course at the furlong, come out from out behind him. There's a couple of good runs, even Colette I thought was quite good, um, didn't have a lot of luck in the straight, needed a little bit more room, but yeah, the more you watch the race, the more runs you can find, but taking nothing away from the winner, she's an absolute superstar. Mm. What do you want to ride out of that? <laughs> You'd love to have a very elegant, wouldn't you? Um, even it's a you, bit late. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, look, I, I actually watched that race inside the course proper there about the 100 metre mark and she'd hit the front and she actually looked out on her feet. Yeah. You can see she changed her lead legs and... Um, I reckon when she just felt that other horse get to her, um, she found it again, which you know showed her true champion qualities. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously, I think Ed's going to have a bit of fun with his mare. Um, I just hope he plays a little bit better than what his old man would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was held up between the 400 and the 200 there, and did lose a shoe as well. So it's just niggling little things that didn't go right for there, Greg as well. Uh, 11 Group 1 wins, uh, now equal on the all-time record with Manicado, Lonro and Rough Habit. 
and now fourth in the all-time money earnings list. The only ones in front of very elegant as far as money earned is Winks and a couple of Everest winners, Red Zell and Nature Strip. She sits fourth. Here's uh, Chris Waller and also James McDonald. I'm also here from Kerry Parker, who is the trainer of Think It Over. It's touching me a little, no tears, but it's touched me. Um, just an amazing horse to work with as we're um, blessed here in the position I am to work with these great horses, great people that work behind the scenes, as has been the case with this horse from, from day one, um, even before she got to me. So, yeah, she's a real piece of work and fights like a tiger. And I thought the second horse might have had us at the 100 metre mark, but that's when the very elegant qualities pop in and she lifts to another level and that's just her, she's in for a great prep. Surely only champions come back after a Melbourne Cup and can do that at this distance. Yeah, it's the second time as well and yeah, it's just still getting over the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yours forever and uh, she's ours forever now. She's, uh, she's taken over the medal, hasn't she? She's the crowd favourite. Yeah, she has um, and obviously this race has been pretty good to us. Yeah, that's... Your tenth chipping Norton. Your tenth chipping Norton. What does that? What does that mean to you? It's one less than eleven. <laughs> it means a little bit more than that. Leave it at that. It means a little bit more than that. But that's her second, of course. Now, uh, all systems go to the Ranvet. Yes. Yeah. That's always been the plan. Obviously, the all-time mower was there. Might have been back on the cards if they not run, run today. <laughs> and that's how things can change. But um, yeah, that was always the plan. The um, the Ranvet and then Queen Elizabeth, so three weeks, three weeks, it just works out perfectly. She's an absolute star, I just can't believe her every time we turn up for a preparation, she just seems to get better and better. I know it's crazy to say and that's the old saying they all get better, but she actually literally is. She's uh, For her to pull out all stops over these kind of trips is just incredible. Obviously the tracks helped her, but she's a, she's a star, she's an absolute star. She's so lucky to be a partner. Oh, absolutely thrilled. I thought he uh, he tried really hard in conditions that don't suit. You know, um, uh, would like him just uh, been able to truck into, truck into the straight probably a little stronger. But I think he was just uh, uh, feeling that ground. But uh, when very elegant come outside him and, and you could see how tough he was, he, he tried real hard to go with her. You know, uh, very proud of his effort today and uh, no thrilled. He's, he just turns up and does his job every time. So to update the record books, uh, Chris Waller trained his 100th Group 1 winner uh, at Winx's last start. At her farewell, that was his 100th Group 1 winner. And it seems like only yesterday that she retired. Since then, he has now won 133 Group 1 victories. He's added 33 since Winx's retirement. James McDonald yesterday went to 61 Group 1s and our guest in the studio, Brett Navdulla, moved his tally to 10. We've got more to come on Thoroughbred Weekly. I'm in Mudgee, the boys are in the studio. We'll look at the two-year-olds next. Let's have a look at all the two-year-old action now. Gary Portelli is well-placed to win a, his second golden slipper to join She Will Reign. He's got the Colts of Jarden to come, but yesterday Fireburn won the Sweet Embrace Stakes, and now Gary's dreaming of winning a slipper with a filly by a horse he trained in Rebel Dane. Yeah, and um, she handled the wet well. She looks she 
she's a real line chaser. She knows how to win. She's got a tremendous will to win, and she's put three together now. They ran faster time than the Colts on the same day. I'd suggest that she'd probably want a wet slipper. She's extreme, should have finished closer, has talent for sure. Um, but what do we want to say about the rest of them? Lady Laguna didn't want to go straight, just wanted to hang into the rail there, so that doesn't help me on these heavy tracks when she, she didn't want to, she was sort of had horses outside her and she didn't really want to go straight for Yui there. And obviously Extravagant Star was just useless in the wet. Miss Fabergé was okay again. It's These two year old races are hard to read, boys. Especially on tracks like that, but taking nothing away from the winner. I'd, I'd... Just love the way Jason Collett rides horses on the wet weather tracks. He just gives them so much confidence the way that he holds them. They all attack the line with him, but I thought she was pretty brilliant. What about this jockey's room, Brenton? Like you've been at the top of the tree. You've won premier. You've won the premiership. We help. We forget easily in 2017 and 18. You won the premiership. Before that, you were run down late by Yui Bowman. Who is the king of the castle in there? It's a pretty fat room. Oh, you'd, you'd have to say James. Um, you know his record speaks for himself. I think what he's. he's the, the fastest jockey to what 60 over 60 group one winners so um yeah he's obviously riding for the the powerhouse of, of, of waller and um he's just unshakable jameson um he's obviously got a great seat on him and, and well balanced but i suppose if you look at anyone in the top 10 in the sydney riders room um we've all probably traveled into sea overseas and interstate and wherever we go we're pretty successful so um a very strong room um you know obviously you've got you know blokes like huey karen nash um like, how long do they keep going for? Do they go for five, do they go for 10? But then, you know, you've got your next generation, you know, um, James, Tommy, uh, Timmy, you know, like Joshy. Yeah. So um, plenty of talent. And then, you, you, you know, you've seen a few of these young guns, young guns like, you know, your Dylan Gibbons and, and, and that that are starting to progress through. So there's, there's a, fair, there's a fair share of talent everywhere in the room. And um, yeah, very exciting. I think it's a very exciting area. Um, time for Sydney racing in general, you know, with prize money and, and good quality horses. I've always said your greatest asset was you do your form, you like you walk a track, you have your opinion, you know what you're following, you know what they've done. It's always a great asset to have being a jockey. Yeah, and I think even yesterday, um, you know, I went out and walked the track after very early and I actually watched that race at the 100 metre mark. So um, I went and had a look at the track and I had my game plan. I wanted to be sort of third, fourth, fifth on the rail on, on my filly and um, I wanted to be sort of lane three to six. And uh, sometimes when you know the things are happening for you, um, you know I knew, just knew it was funny. You know when you're in form and you just know things are going to happen around you. Um, and I, 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 I pride myself on having that, you know that, the, you know the, the knowledge of, of the form around me, and um, I do think it helps in you know those split second decisions like that. Greg. Uh, let's hear from uh, Gary Portelli and Jason Collett now after the Sweet Embrace. Sensational. I think that's all the only word I can say. Uh, I was worried in the run that they hadn't gone very quick and um, she actually dipped about the 600. She hit a bad spot, picked herself back up and as soon as he aimed her up, it was all over. How much has she come on in the last two to three months? Oh, you can see that on, every time she runs, mate. You know, she came from getting beat at Warwick Farm to winning a Saturday, another Saturday, now a group race. You know, um, phenomenal. Thanks very much to the team, Louis Mahiker and his team for giving me the opportunity to train this filly by the stand that means so much to me. Um, we had so much fun with Rebel Dane, and I reckon this filly's, she's well on the way to some, some big, 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 big things. She's pretty handy. Uh, look, she's obviously, when she put the two together early in the prep, sort of showed them when all she's, and just the way she attacked the line each time, she was strong through it. Her last furlong was generally the best, so, like obviously today, 
Rebel Dane was pretty handy in the wet mm. when, and she's got a sort of an action that would suggest that she would love it and, and look she has but yeah obviously it was going to be a pretty tough 1200 and I didn't really want to be revving her up too much early so we're probably a touch more negative on her but uh, it's, it's paid, paid dividends. Brenton, is there much talk in the jockey's room about that disgraceful mullet that Collett's got? I mean, is there any advice that the jockeys are, are keen to give Collett? Well, I don't know whether he's the one that should be giving advice nah. after he turned up in that blonde thing yeah. that day. I, I, I rate it. I like it. I like it. It suits him. And, um, he's, been riding really, he's been riding really well, Jason. He's a great fella. So um, I think actually he's, uh, he's doing a charity thing. I think he's going to shave it all. So I'm um, not sure when the date is, but come out I'm of sure... Shell. Yeah. I'm sure, uh, yeah, he, he was very quiet there not long ago, wasn't he? But, uh, yeah, now he's going to mull it. I'm pretty sure he's going to shave it for charity soon. So maybe have to go to his social media and get behind it. Good luck. Well, that'll be a great day when he does. Uh, let's go to uh, the Skyline Stakes. Uh, Prometo for David Atkins, uh, the owner, didn't even know whether this horse was nominated for the Golden Slipper. Here's the Skyline. He's a likeable horse, though. I love what he did at uh, Newcastle. He was big odds there. He cha chased them down at 900. And to think that he can go 1,200 heavy track and still chase them down, he's certainly a very, very talented horse who's untapped. Uh, don't know if it's going to be a golden slipper this year, but I think his future looks very, very bright. There's no doubt about that. Rise to the masses, he was tough on pace again. The Queenslanders would have uh, gone home happy. It was worth a shot, and he ran really, really well, Gimbaldi there. Uh, El Petrino plugged. Man of the Mirror was OK. Your horse, Brosnan, I quite like him. He, he, he can improve. Yeah, I really like him, Duff. Um, I think he's got plenty of talent. Um, I do think whatever he's doing at the moment is going to be better in six months, but... Uh, yeah, really nice colt, but you know when you see Christian Reith go to town, uh, yeah. I thought yeah. I've seen alarm bells straight away when I seen him going, and you know I was against it too. You know, 900 to 1200 heavy, so fair training effort, and obviously good quality. The horse has got good quality ability, but um, great to see Christian back in town riding a, riding a group winner, and um, he's a great, great, great bike. He great actually bike. looks more of a three-year-old in the flesh, like he's a beautiful-looking mm. horse. Nice he's horse. They've got a lot to work with yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, David Atkins, uh, he can find a good horse. He wasn't there yesterday. The owner, Matthew Chigi, was there. And uh, Christian Reith back in town. We bred him. Uh, we raced his, um, his mum. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, so we've had the family from a long way back. Right. So, uh, yeah, um, Peter O'Brien uh, put us on to uh, Divine Profit and away we went. We've been racing horses for a long time. Uh, yeah, a hell of a long time. <laughs> <laughs> this must be a big thrill, though, to win a, a, a feature two-year-old race that is a big lead-up to the slipper, and no matter whether you go there or not, you've got a lovely two-year-old. Yeah, look, it's just good to win a race anywhere. It's hard to win a race anywhere, so, yeah, it's good. Uh, it'd be a good drive home. I won on this horse at Newcastle, and from the moment then, knew he was a nice horse. Worked him Tuesday morning. I thought he'd be very hard to beat today, and just gives me a feel of a really nice horse, as you know. They've got to have a good head on their shoulders, good length about them. He has all that characteristic to about him. And I was very confident coming here today. You've got a great turn of foot on that sort of going. How much upside's he got? I definitely think he's a top-class horse. Obviously, this is his first prep and his only second start, but everything he shows you and the way he feels underneath you, you know he's got top-class written all over him. 
Okay, so soon the Melbourne two-year-olds will join the Sydney two-year-olds as we get closer to the Golden Slipper. What bearing is the Blue Diamond going to have uh, when they all join up, Duff? Dormier yesterday. Who knows? Who knows? They've, they've had a, a marvellous top, the Freedmans and Godolphin, in this race. I, t I tell you, Anthony Frieden and Friedman and the Godolphin. Dormier blinkers did the trick yesterday. Uh, the, look, the bias was against him in his previous start. There was bias there yesterday. It was up the inside, was the, the best going. But he's a terrific tactician, Mark Zarich is. I, I, he reads a race and he knows his tactics in races are unbelievable. Um, the horses I like out of that, a revolutionary miss had excuses with a wide run and no cover, a long way out. I'd love to see Jack and O come to Sydney. I like him a lot. I think he would have won with more luck in, in that race, Greg. And there's the market for the Golden Slipper. So Coolangatta, Duff, what, what is the story? Coolangatta is not going to race again before the Slipper after being scratched yesterday. Is that the feeling? Because uh, Kiramar and David Eustace have got Greece, this exciting unraced two-year-old filly to come. Yeah, I don't know what their think, thinking is, whether they want to go into a Golden Slipper, you know, after a break. I'm not sure. So I'm sure we'll learn more about th that this week. Maybe they wait an extra runner next week, and although it looks like it might be a wet week again this week. So they've got decisions to make, and I'm sure we'll, um, we'll, sure we'll hear about it during the week. But, uh, yeah, interesting times ahead. Still to come in the uh, the two-year-old division, we've got the Todman and the Riesling, two very important races next Saturday. But as Duff said, another wet week coming in, in Sydney, but we shouldn't be worried about that after uh, Randwick getting through yesterday. Uh, then we have the Magic Knight and the Pago Pago. And, of course, the Black Opal, uh, a high-money uh, race, is going to play a part as well. So that's still to come. Five races uh, before we get to the Golden Slipper. Uh, we'll take a break, come back with more of the Randwick program after this. I think uh, Brenton's going to say goodbye. Brenton, thanks very much for coming in uh, today. Congratulations on your success yesterday. Uh, it's going to live long in your memory, uh, hinged in a surround stakes. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Radley. It's been a very, very special week. Um, a lot of people to thank. Obviously, my manager, Mark Van Treat. I've had him for about 13 years. and. Um, yeah, he's you know been been the backbone the whole time, basically of my career, and been very influential. And um, obviously, my family, my dad, uh, my wife Taylor, and 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 the kids, and uh, very special. And big thanks, obviously, Trent Langlands and and the team there, getting get me fit, and and my physiotherapist there at SportsViz. Um, you know, it's it's a whole whole team team thing, and um, very lucky that I'm reaping the wards there yesterday. You got a bigger team than that, Craig Williams. Hey, <laughs> I've seen plenty of Willow lately. So, uh, <laughs> did I miss anyone? I'm not sure. Oh, no, but, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. work on it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the punters over the fence too. Thank you, thank you to them. All right, uh, there's Brenton Abdullah. We'll uh, we'll come back after this break and uh, look at more of the Ramwick program. We were four races down into race number five. The uh, next race we're going to show you, the Liverpool City Cup. And Timmy Clark tried something different. He railed and stayed on the rails with Ellsberg to get it home. A very brave move when you're on a favourite. And if, he, if it would have been quicksand in there and he got run down, he would have got a pasting. Yep. Uh, so you've got to give it to him. Uh, although I did find out that it was Gerald's, uh, Gerald's idea. So we won't give him too big a rap, but it was certainly the, the right instructions here, Corey. Yeah, it was a smart ride. Um, 
this horse covers the ground like on wet ground. It was quite amazing. You know, like you have a look at the first furlong and a half of the race. I actually thought Timmy may have pushed the button and you know like got him running too quick. I think he ran a sub ten the first furlong, but. Mate, it just covers the ground so well, and it was a terrific ride. Normally you see that, or we used to see that, from Jimmy Cassidy in the last. Yes. <laughs> you know, Jimmy would come sailing along the fence and make everyone look like fools because we'd been getting out in the middle of the track. But Timmy done it early in the day, and like we said, the, the track actually raced evenly all over, I thought. They won everywhere, yeah. down the middle yeah. early, in the rails, come down the middle late, the stayer. Yep. It was terrific. It look, of the beaten brigade there, I thought... Um, uh, Brutality was not wound up and did a good job first up. He got more than a pass mark blue soldier there. And we have to talk about uh, a tissue. Uh, she's a problem child yeah. uh, with a bee in a bonnet there yesterday. Has to go back to the trials. So we'll see what eventuates there. But sometimes these mares, um, if they want to switch themselves off, yeah. it's pretty hard to get them back in business. Yep. And she's, she's had her problems before. You know, he, uh, James was telling me she used to dive at the front of the barrier and then okay. sort of flip back. So she's just created herself another drama. Yep, yesterday she just stood in the gates. She refused to jump. Uh, let's hear from uh, Gerald Ryan and also Tim Clark. His wet track forms are quite good. I think he's had five starts on wet ground for and hasn't missed the place. But he won on a heavy nine or ten when he won the festival. But that's a bit different back then than what today is, yeah. But such an honest horse and a little bit worried looking at him during the week. You know, he's a heavy horse. He, he might sink too far into it, but he skipped over that pretty good. Yeah, look, he, he obviously mapped like he was going to get a nice lead and when he can get things to, to suit and when he can control things like that, especially fresh, he's, he's awfully hard to beat. And he, he was loving that ground and before the race, Gerald sort of mentioned that he just sort of said, oh, how's the, how's the inside look? And obviously canned around a few times and nothing's sort of gone near it, so it's, un, it's unmarked. So he's sort of horse that if you can get him sort of close to the fence, he, he'll be happy to follow it. He sort of gets, gets out in the middle of the track, he wanders a bit, so... Just sort of the rail gave him something to, to guide and, um, yeah, it was never in doubt, really. I know he was first up. How much improvement do you think he has? Well, I trialled him um, only like nine days ago. He was, look, he was very soft in the trial and, and sort of trialled um, sort of only average, but he's sort of that sort of horse. He, he definitely saved his best to race day and he, he looks as, as bigger and stronger than I've seen him before, so... Obviously, just missed out on getting a, um, a free ticket into the Doncaster in the Villiers, but you know that, that sort of a race like that's not beyond him probably this time in. It was 12 months to the day since Forbidden Love uh, won her last race. She won the surround, a Group One, 12 months ago. Uh, she came out yesterday and added the Guy Walter to her record. Well, it'll give you 12 months before she wins another one. She's a very good mare. And she had 58 kilos here. And she was so dominant, she just owned the race. She just trucked up behind Vangelic here and Bowman had a, a handful of horse and she delivered for him. Uh, so she was absolutely airborne there yesterday. Promise of success should have finished much, much closer to her. Uh, her turn is not far off because when Ice Bath whipped around her before the turn there, he just put him in the no man's land and lost all that momentum. And here he is, he is then held up behind them on their heels. So I thought her performance was excellent and Vangelic was brave first up. A little flat with um, Ice Bath, but she's too good to sack off one run. But that was very dominant, wasn't uh, it? He was never going to get beat, Ronnie. Like, the, just the way the horse was travelling. Gets over the going really, really well, we know that. But just Huey had a lap full of horse. Just made him look second rate, to be honest. I was a little disappointed with Ice Bath. Mm. Um, 
James tried to put her in the race a little bit early and get her up and get her going, but I thought she could have attacked the line a little bit better. Agree. Michael Friedman and Hugh Bowman after the race. Thought at the weights we might have it up against us, against Ice Bath, giving her four kilos, but she's a quality, quality mare. Um, didn't have a lot of luck in the spring, and I thought a run in the expressway was, was terrific first up this time around. So I was, you know, if I'm being honest, I was a little bit concerned about the 58 today on such a heavy track, but when I saw the way she sort of travelled into it up the rise and Huey hadn't moved on her, I thought we are in business here. So the plan to go towards the, uh, the Coolmore now? Yeah, she had a crack at that last year and, again, probably was a bit... Just, just nothing really panned out for us, so I'm, you know, I'm really keen to give her another crack at that. Um, maybe see what happens after that, whether we come back here for a Doncaster under handicap conditions or the, the Queen of the Turf. We'll wait and see, but um, it's great to see her back in the winner's circle. I had form on Rain Factor Grand before. Uh, I didn't quite know how I was going to pan it in the early stages. I couldn't sort of see where Tim was and nothing else was pushing up to lead, so I thought I might be leading in, in for the first 200 metres, but as it panned out, she just got the nice trail there behind Vangelic, who took me right to the sort of inside the 300 metre mark, and she was dominant late, this filly. Does she feel like she's matured? Yeah, she does. She's not a big horse, but she's very competitive, and as you point out, she was unlucky not to win the expressway, and the form of that race has stood up really well, so onward and upward for this mare into the cool morning. Now there is Corey Brown talking to uh, Hugh Bowman. Before we go any further, Corey, congratulations on your new position. You're the head coach for the apprentice jockeys coming through in New South Wales. It was a, a, a position that came up quite recently and you were Johnny on the spot. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Rads. Um, no, I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Even when I was riding, I always said, like, I'd like to have my own apprentice academy or something. But um, yeah, when the opportunity came up, I yeah really grabbed at it because I, again I just like to give back what I've learnt to racing, and I've, I've always been or shown a keen interest in the kids to you know like try and help them and guide them along. So yeah, I'm in the box seat now. It's good. You have got a passion for it, because I've noticed you have been nurturing a few young apprentices and what and telling them stakes and all that this before you got this job. So yep. now. You've got plenty more to help, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I'm not, and I'm really looking forward to it, Ron. You know, like it's the way Racing New South Wales have told me what they've got planned for it. Um, it's quite exciting. So, yeah, again, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Do you think we're in a good place? I mean, we see these uh, young apprentices uh, mixing it with this jockey's room. We're talking about this jockey's room with Brenton before and how strong it is. Are we in a good place with our young riders coming through? Oh, I think we are, Rads, but I think we can get better. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of improvement to be made. Um, but, you know, like when there's young guys sitting in the room, like young Tommy Sherry, use him as an example. Like, he's riding every bit as good as, you know, um, the senior riders, and he's got one and a half claim. But, yeah, no, we can get better. Um, I think a few of the kids in the bush, you know, a little bit more experience. I'll be hitting, hitting the city soon. Young Wheeler from up at Newcastle, I've been watching him ride. He's got a great seat, um, great mind in a race. Um, young Dylan Gibbons, he should be in town, obviously they're holding him up for the right moment to get him there, but we've got some nice young kids coming through, but there's definitely room for improvement. Well, after the break we're going to uh, have, a, have a look at the, the newest addition to the Sydney Jockeys Room, Willie Pike, he rode his first Saturday winner yesterday on Shelby 66 and the Highway. That's next on Thoroughbred Weekly.
Shelby 66 was on the backup yesterday in the highway and dropping from 1,400 to 1,000. Willie Pike got the job done for Danny Williams. And um, good foresight by Danny Williams. who had three of the first four across the line here. And he found his race, he loomed up, he finished them off and uh, a deserved win. Um, she had every hope, Devil's Triangle. She was quite good, stuck on well there, Prince Nakoni. And Brazen Impact, um, yep, like I said, that's another Danny, uh, Danny Williams runner who got the job done. So I don't know how strong this race was, but he's been consistent without winning and finally gets one on the board. Let's hear from Danny and also Willie Pike. He should have won, in my opinion, his last three uh, prior to today, you know, last three highways I'm talking about. He got absolutely skittled here and nearly fell. And then when he ran fifth here the other day, he just had no luck. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, before his first starts, the vet said, this horse won't have much of a career. Uh, he's got that many issues. So he's done extremely well to do what he's done. I, I, I think a very good win. I, uh, I think it was very good planning. I've been making some decisions lately that have been the right decisions. and, and uh, Straight after the race the other day, I looked at the weather forecast and they were forecasting this, this rain event and uh, I said to my manager, nominate that horse, get William Pike. <laughs> he jumped really good. Uh, he's a beautiful rider, I've got to say. He, he makes my life very easy. Um, I was a little bit wide, but I've, you know, I've had my coach out there, Tommy Berry, he said, look, four wide's actually a great place to be off the 1,000 metre start. And I mean, oh, that's good because that's about where I was. But... I was actually struggling a little bit for speed, um, so it gave me the opportunity to drop in behind him, um, just slowly work my way to the outside, and he's got a nice turn of foot on him, this bloke. Favourite home there, and another favourite home straight after it in uh, May Rose. Now, this is a nice filly. Yeah, she beat the older mares here. Um, I think she's, I, I really think she's got black type potential, because she's second up on a track like this against a few hardheads. And I, I like her a lot, so she's a real sleeper. You know, there's some lovely fillies around, but she's, she's eventually going to pinch a bit of black type, this filly. I'm convinced about that, the way she keeps hitting the line. Switched, had conditions to suit, esteemed lady was honest again, and uh, magic talent, that was a, a, a overachieved there. It's a huge wet track peak for her, but I think the one and only horse I want to follow here is the winner. OK, let's go straight to race number nine now and Surefire. Uh, Chris Waller had a couple of imports lining up here. One for the Queen Chalk Stream and Surefire for Judmont and other owners right down the outside. What have we found here? What have we found here? It's too, it's too hard to gauge on, on considering the track we had, but 2,000 metres, heavy track, first up, lightly raced horse. You know, he, he's only had five starts coming into this. This is enormous. He, he might be a real find, this horse. Um, Galaxy Bell was unlucky, just run into the wrong horse. And outside of them, there's a, there's a couple other good runs. La Boule is another import there. He pulled his head off and was very good. And um, Chalkstream, he's, he's work in progress. I don't know whether the Queen would have been too happy looking at the replay with those colours winning the race anyway. Uh, I think he is a very interesting horse, this winner. I think he's a a great horse. The first three over the line, Ron, if you go back and watch the replay of the race, they were all unlucky. They were all held up and mm. having to try and find room. They all managed to get clear running and worked to the line really well. Um, yeah, oh, mate, it was actually a, a good little race. Yeah. Oh, I thought the Galaxy Bell, I thought it ran really, really well. Mm. Uh, Chris Waller after the race and also Sam Clipperton. Fantastic English form. 
um, being a winner at Royal Ascot and um, only had a, number, a few starts. So we knew that he had a lot of ability. We hadn't seen it in his trials, um, but yeah, can't beat class. So a benchmark horse, what, what do you plan to do with him after seeing that? Um, we'll just see how he comes through it. Um, yeah, he'll be running in group races at some stage, whether it's now or the spring, we'll, we'll respect. He's still a pretty young horse by English terms, and um, I think the owners will have a lot of fun with him. I think a few of the Finch crew getting together again, are they? Yeah, that was, I think, the main driving force, and obviously the famous colours. Yeah, um, yeah two famous colours there. <laughs> said, I got a very emotional, yeah, saddling them up. Got a lot of presence and he's got a lot of class too. Um, obviously his first start here in Australia, over 2,000 on a, on a very testing track. But um, given his form overseas, he's untried on the wet, but um, Chris expressed some confidence that he, he might handle it. Um, and obviously you're not sure until they do, but um, he's, a, he's a lovely staying horse going places because he, he conserves all the energy and I'm blowing because I was sort of riding him from about the half mile and then Got a bit of a checkered passage coming into the straight, but it actually helped him have a turn of foot because I had to just wait and kick him back a year and then go again. And he, um, you know, I think it helped him balance up. So uh, a lovely debut win here in Australia, and it's um, a privilege to uh, win a race in these colours. And to the last, Gravina returned as a gelding, Duff and Corey. Yep, and he did a really good job too. He's uh, he just stalked them, stalked them, stalked them, and he was always in control. Nash and it's good to get his confidence up first up because he's in for a, a pretty good prep where he can continue and it's these these sort of grade races and run well. Taxu was good. He's a wet tracker. The blinkers are still to come for him. So am I. Was much better in the bopper. No real excuses for him, but a dominant win from a horse who's uh, come back well as a gelding. OK, uh, before we take a break and come back with the uh, Provincial Midway Championships at Newcastle run on Thursday, let's have a look at a couple of other highlights from Caulfield yesterday, the Futurity and also the Oakley Plate. Yeah, the Futurity, well, she just got the right run, Sierra Sue, and uh, got, they got the desired result. Look, Mawonga proved that he's, not, he's just not a barrier trial horse, so he was a, a nice return for him. I'm Thunderstruck is ready to explode that horse, believe me. And Marabi, well, give her a slot. Uh, what a, a terrific sprinting performance. Away game made a six kilos better for their last meeting and was just far too good. But uh, Marabi, very interesting market. And she's $13 in this Everest market, which is starting to take a bit of shape now and it hasn't stopped yet. OK, uh, a break and then we'll come back. Oh, by the way, next week we've got two more Group 1s there at uh, Royal Randwick, um, the uh, Randwick Guineas and also the Canterbury Stakes, two bottlers coming up and plenty of other feature races, including the Todman and the Riesling. Uh, next, Newcastle kicked off the Midway Provincial Championships on Thursday. favourite trying to get out at the moment it was a bit rough there at the 300 Petronius in front, Kennedy Choice secretly try hard Rustic Steel now coming, then followed Astero out wider on the track Rustic Steel moved up to them at the 125, shot away Astero runs to second, Danish Prince runs on, but it's all Rustic Steel the first qualifier is all over, Rustic Steel won it and won it well, second either Astero or Danish Prince. Happy to have him in the final and 
um, I think he'll acquit himself very well. He ran very well first up, as we said, and that brought him on for today. Yeah, look, I think he's a pretty smart horse. He's lightly raced, and um, we held him back. Things just didn't go right in the spring. He drew a lot of bad gates. We ended up putting him away with this this series in, in mind. Um, but he's probably better than, you know, probably... Um, this grade of race, so um, hopefully we can get him to the final in one piece. He has one with authority, but his run at Randwick recently was really good, and Chris has obviously targeted his provincial championships for some time, and he's a perfect horse for it, and he proved that this afternoon. Thought that he'd proven in him today, but I thought it was a pretty good effort because he, he's made a long, sustained, wide run, and uh, he was still uh, you know, fighting away on the line, so it was a good effort. It was terrific late, wasn't he? Just to nab that second spot, he really had a crack late. Yeah, I was uh, leaning, I was doing plenty of leaning on the line, so it was, it was good for him to to get the second for sure and look I think he, he'll, he'll definitely improve off that and yeah, he's in good order. I suppose the winner had a bit of an easier run than us, we were we were wide with cover but I was I was impressed with how hard we chased, he chased hard although we're beating trail ends he, he ran well, um, if we get the, the run the winner has it might be a different scenario but uh, no knocks on him, he's in great form and, and roll on the final. So the Provincial Midway uh, Championships are underway, uh, starting there at Newcastle. Coming up today, Country Championships qualifier at Mudgee Zoo Station's the favourite at 2.40. We're on a soft six out here today. Uh, just checking the uh, what they've had. They've had no rain. They've, they've had to put 30 mils of irrigation on uh, this week, and they've had about 13 mils of rain uh, this week. It's going to be a warm day in a soft six with Zoo Station, the favourite for Gaynor Williams and Anthony Cavallo. And boys, that's just about it. Can't wait for next week. I know the, uh, the Randwick Guineas will hold top billing, but this Canterbury Stakes is going to be something special. I know. It's full steam ahead for the carnival yeah. now. These horses that we've got around, it's going to be some great competition. All right. Thanks, Corey. Thank you, Ronnie, and look forward to working with you again next Saturday at Royal Ramwick. Looks like being another wet week. I'll join you later from uh, Mudgee with Mick Wallace. About 12 o'clock, our preview for the Country Championships qualifier here for the Central Districts from Mudgee.